0: and welcome to the HIV Positive and Shameless Show. My name is Jocelyn Meeks. I'm your host and advocate for living shamelessly with HIV. I want to invite you to join my mailing list if you enjoy this episode and would like to hear more. I'm open to topic suggestions as well, so feel free to drop them in a review. This show is focused on openly discussing your diagnosis and status, eradicating shame, and allowing yourself to be vulnerable when you need to. My hope is for this show to uplift my sisters and let them know that they are not alone on this journey to acceptance of sex. Together, we will take back your power. I want to begin this episode with a true story of how I first got back into the dating scene as well as intimacy and sex. Along with all of that, of course, comes the matter of disclosing my status, which comes along with all kinds of reactions. Let's get into this initial story that was the catalyst for cultivating how I would handle disclosing from this point forward. For a long while after my diagnosis, I went through a lot of inner turmoil regarding how I felt about myself. I already had very low self-esteem before my diagnosis, which played a big part in my promiscuity and reckless sexual activity sex was like a way to go numb and escape from feeling like I had to be perfect and that everyone had to like me when I really just wanted to be invisible. Being diagnosed was a huge slap across the face to wake the hell up and be very mindful of how free I was with giving up my body as well as an added insult to injury of the already bottomless self-esteem issues. Now I could add literal disgust and shame to my list of things I hated about myself. I felt so dirty and even more worthless than I was already feeling and trying to mask by being a big flirt. All the flirting and trying to fit in came to a halt and I became a recluse and really did try to be invisible. I was strictly on a go to work and come home to my son routine. It was just easier that way. I finally went on a semi-blind date with someone I met on social media and it was a horrible experience. The date ended on a sour note when he took me home and wanted to have sex in his car and I had to disclose right then and there. I never heard from him again. Back on hiatus I went. I would however still hang out with my bestie Dandy, aka Aisha, from time to time. And she was getting increasingly over me being a hermit. So I slowly got back into having a girl's night out every blue moon. We would hit a frat party here and there. Or sometimes just go dancing and have drinks. I would still try to be invisible though. And was not here for any attention from the guys that would shoot their shots. I wasn't being stuck up or anything, even though that's most likely how it came off. I was just very guarded, and it was so hard to trust any man. I was on edge most of the time, thinking people wanted to be close to me had an ulterior motive. This is why it was just easier to be invisible and chill at home. However, the more I would allow myself to have fun and get out of the house with Aisha, the easier that became too. I remember one night we were out drinking and dancing like downtown or midtown and she wanted to introduce me to one of her guy friends and I was thinking to myself, I oh, hope she don't trying to play matchmaker because I ain't here for that. But we went in and she introduced us and he was attractive, hospitable, and a gentleman. I could tell he was an older guy just by how he carried himself. And keeping true to staying guarded, I sat on the opposite side of the room, made light conversation, and ended up falling asleep, sitting up on the couch, head back, mouth open, probably snoring, and certainly drooling. Bestie wakes me up, and I jokingly thank him for allowing me to nap as I wipe away the drool, (laughs) just not even embarrassed nor bothered, and she and I leave to head home after a long night. A couple days later, she hits me up and's like, guess who asked for your number? I'm like, who? She tells me it's her friend from the other night, and I'm like, no. Nah. Not that I fell asleep on this main couch drooling and shit. <laughs> I mean, the little conversation we had was nice, but I didn't think it was enough to leave a lasting impression, but apparently it did. I asked my bestie what she thought, and if she was trying to talk to him because I was not about to break girl code, she said she thought he was nice, had a good head on his shoulders, and that she didn't think he was feeling her like that and to give it a shot. I tell her, go ahead, give him my number, and she gave me his. He calls me and we make plans for the three of us to link up again to go on a friendly outing to get to know each other better. So we all rode downtown together in my car and walked up and down Bill Street. Aisha, being the outgoing, chatty Cathy that she is, she kept seeing people that she knew, which gave he and I some a long time to chat and get to know each other. Uh, we talked about a myriad of topics, and I learned that he was 10 years older than me. The conversation was very refreshing and intellectual. It was really nice to talk to a man that was interested in my mind and not just trying to see how fast he could smash. He bought me a rose that night and said that he could see the pain behind my smile. At that point, I realized that I had to be wearing it on my face how on edge I was. And He asked me if I wanted to talk about it, and with this being only my second time in his presence, I kept it vague and just said that I had been through a lot of bad things in such a short span in my life. This was my logic at the time. I was still very guarded, and I thought to myself, this is really only our first real conversation. I don't think I'm ready to bear my soul with someone I only just met until I see how things are going to progress. I knew I would assess the situation and tell him if or when it became necessary. So time moved forward. And we began talking more and more, linking up at frat parties here and there, and even had a real date alone. After one frat party in particular, Halloween of 2013, I got too damn drunk. It's true that hindsight is 20-20 because it was really hard for me to even go out that night. See, this was during my diagnosis anniversary. And had I realized what I was dealing with mentally and emotionally, I would have stayed home. Truth is, I was really hurting and was trying to numb the pain as best I could. Bestie got me together and was able to lift my spirits enough to convince me to go out. So the party was jumping, but I really did overdo it with the drinking, y'all. Anyway, um, my new gentleman friend... Was hosting the party with his frat brothers, and so he was pretty busy working the room. But we would steal little moments and chat and catch each other's intense gaze from across the room throughout the night. bestie was poking fun at me the whole night, talk about how cute we were and all that nonsense. We were having a blast. I had loosened up and was dancing, just living, and it felt good. He and I were finally able to share a dance, and it got pretty intense. Uh, He asked me to leave with him after the party, and I agreed. All that liquor and weed had my inhibitions damn near non-existent. We get to his place, and it was hot, heavy, and headed straight to the bedroom. In the moment, I was just that. In the moment. I was focused solely on what was about to go down and was in another world. I do... Remember him putting on a condom, and I had some with me as well. So, safety was at least a priority in the moment. (laughs) We commenced to have a beautiful night together. However, what I didn't know until we discussed the happenings of the evening the next day was that he had taken the condom off at some point. Yeah, my breath caught in my chest. And I was like, we got to have a face-to-face discussion ASAP. He told me to go ahead and stop by. So I get there and I sat next to him on the couch and broke the news to him. I recounted my story of contraction and how I was now undetectable and what that meant as far as transmission. He took a moment of silence and a deep breath and calmly stated that he appreciated me telling him. He said that he was sorry to hear that it happened to me and that he was glad to hear that I was taking care of myself. He said there were no hard feelings and that we were still good. He said that he understood that the night progressed very quickly. We let passion take over and he said he couldn't put all the blame on me. I said to him, that I didn't want to keep it from him I just wasn't sure of the right time to tell him and wanted to make sure that I wasn't being presumptuous and thinking that he even saw me in that light I also didn't count on us going from zero to 60 the way we did in our drunken stupor and finally we were able to share a chuckle and we hugged it out and I think we went and grabbed a bite to eat or something like that And we continued to see each other and go on dates. And I even introduced him to my son. We also continued having sex. um, Unprotected sex. Now, I know you're probably thinking, why would you continue to risk it? Well, for one, he knew my full truth. So he was a grown man making a decision. And for two... I would bring condoms and insist condoms, and he preferred not to use them. I trusted him and he trusted me, so we made those decisions together. We had some close calls as far as pulling out is concerned, and I had to take a few Plan Bs. I decided to have a discussion with him about the cost of these pills and the potential havoc being wreaked on my body. He made it very clear that with him already being a father of four boys, he didn't want any more children. I then made it explicitly clear that I was against abortions as I had one as a teenager and vowed that I would never have another. We used condoms for a bit after this discussion, but soon slipped back into our old ways. We carried on like this for a while until the inevitable happened i got pregnant now this is where shit got pretty ignorant on his part my period was late like late late i shared this information with him over the phone while he was at work and he urged me to get a pregnancy test take it and call him back i went and got the two-pack of the digital tests. they also tell you how far along you are I took the first one that evening and it came back positive, like quick as hell, and said I was one to two weeks along. I honestly wasn't surprised due to our carelessness and the fact that he wasn't helping me pay for the plan B, so I wasn't taking them no more. And also, I had fallen for him and was actually excited to be pregnant again. I immediately called him and shared this information and he sounded indifferent. And told me to get some rest and take the second one in the morning. So first thing in the morning, I got up, took the second test, same result. I called him. He's still at work because he worked overnight. And I shared the news. And his whole demeanor flipped. He got really upset, blew up on me, telling me he didn't want any more kids. And damn sure didn't want to raise a sick one. He was like, you need to call and find out how much an abortion costs and let him know so he can pay half. It was my turn to blow up at this point. I told him, first of all, do some damn research because HIV negative children are born to HIV positive mothers every day. Second of all, if you're going to demand I get an abortion, you're going to foot the whole fucking bill. However... You don't have to worry about that because I had already vowed to myself that I would never have another abortion. He replied, well, you can count me out because I didn't sign up for this. I said, fine. I'm currently raising one with an absentee father I can raise two. I told him it's funny how it was all well and good when he was busting down on me raw, but the moment the reality of what we were doing came to fruition, You want to paint me like some disease-ridden piece of trash? We got off the phone, and with the exception of a few heated phone calls here and there, I went through the first two trimesters of my pregnancy alone. He came around in the last trimester and went to my gender reveal appointment with me where we learned we were expecting a girl. I gave him one of the ultrasound pictures, and we went to eat together, and then we went our separate ways once again. I contacted him one more time when I found out the date and time of my scheduled C-section to give him the details in case he wanted to be present. He decided not to come. I wasn't alone, though. I had all my family and close friends rallied around me to welcome my beautiful HIV-negative daughter into the world. He finally came into her life when she was about three months old and was in and out of her life the first three years. We had many ups and downs in our co-parenting, but had finally hashed everything out and we developed a friendship. He's become one of my biggest supporters on this advocacy journey and has developed a great relationship with our highly intelligent, sassy little four-year-old. She is his first and only daughter out of his five children, and it gives my heart great joy to see her get to experience being daddy's little girl. It was a long and ugly road up to this point, but oh how beautiful the outcome came to be. My loves, this is just one account of what I have experienced with dating and disclosure, but it was and is to date the most significant and most heavy hitting for me. I felt it was imperative to give it an episode of its own. I have decided to break this topic of disclosing into three parts and in the final two parts, I will dive into more of what I've experienced in the casual dating scene And also my experiences with disclosing to my family and close friends. I hope you stay the course with me and tune into those as well. That's all I have. And thanks again for allowing me to share yet another piece of myself with you. Until next time, loves. Thanks for listening. I hope you all enjoyed today's show and were able to learn a little something as well. To my fellow positive sisters, I love you. You are powerful and beautiful beyond measure. We are not and will not be defined by our status. We will, however, live, love, and laugh unapologetically and shamelessly. Thanks for listening, you guys. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and drop a review. Peace.